0: Good morning, everyone, good morning. and it's good to see you all. Uh, just like we've seen in the video, uh, Pastor John is our senior pastor, and uh, he led the West reached him to Israel, and uh, based on their tour guide, today marked day seven, where they will be visiting places like Garden of Gestimony. And Garden of Gestimony is where Jesus prayed on the night of his arrest before the crucifixion, which we, like Fred said, we're celebrating that. So uh, let's just continue to keep the Israel team and their families in our prayers. Yes. Okay, back to this morning. Uh, Pastor John had planned for a guest speaker to be here today, uh, but the person was not able to travel this week, so he asked me to speak instead. So it's an honor for me to be here. Uh, this is the last, last week of the Blessed Life series, and uh, what a fantastic series it has been. You know, because to God's glory, there's been a lot of great testimonies about what God is already doing among us. So praise God. Praise God. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the message for today. Just as Jesus will use stories, uh, to teach his followers, uh, I'll be looking at our Bible story for today from the book of Luke chapter nine. The book of Luke chapter nine. So you can go ahead and open it up for easy reference as I get into the message. Uh, the title of today's message is The Principles of Multiplication. In mathematical terms, uh, they talk about operations like addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication. Uh, trust me, I'm not a math person, but I sure like multiplication when it comes to our resources. You know, because uh, multiplying your resources, you got more for that. So for simplicity's sake, just to make this clear in our mind, let me demonstrate this using some numbers that we can all relate to. So let's take a look at our screen. So I have two options there. Option one is addition. So we take the same value of $1,000 plus $1,000. That gives us what? $2,000. Then we take the same $1,000. This time we're going to use multiplication. Multiply by $1,000, what do we have? A million dollars. What a big difference, right? So that's why I said I like multiplication when it comes to our resources. And uh, I believe option two will be everyone's choice. And knowing that our God is a God of multiplication, let me ask you a question this morning. Will it be all right with you if God multiplied your resources? Would that be okay? Alright, that's wonderful. I'm glad glad we all agree with that. So before we get into the scripture, uh, I want us to understand that it's not about give and get multiplied. This is all about our hearts towards God and how we love Jesus and align our priorities in life to the will of God for us. And making sure that as we live our everyday life, we trust and obey God in everything we do. That is what it's all about. Now, let me show you the two principles of multiplication from a very famous passage in the Bible. Luke chapter 9. We're going to start from verse 12. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. It says, When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, they said, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all those people. Verse 14, for there were about 5,000 men. Uh, Okay, let's stop here for just a moment. Because in this famous story, a lot of people believe that Jesus fed 5,000 people. But that's not the case. We have to understand that though in Jewish culture at that time, the way they counted crowd is that they only counted men. Because they were counting families. So when he says there were 5,000 men, we need to include the spouses and the children. Let's just assume for simplicity's sake, that each family have two children. Meaning the husband, the wife, and the two kids. So we have four. Four times 5,000 equals 20,000. Which means that 20,000 people were fed that day. And as you think through this, you will realize that this is a much larger miracle performed by Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible backed this up with a parallel passage In Matthew chapter fourteen, verse twenty-one, and you don't have to go there. Let's stay in Luke, but I want us to read this together. On the screen, you look at your screen. That should be Matthew fourteen, verse twenty-one. So we're going to read this together. On my count, three, two, one, go. Eden, five thousand men. men. Thank you for reading with me. Five thousand besides who? women and children. So we have two children per family, the spouses, and we realize that this is a larger miracle. So it's okay for you to refer to the feeding of 5,000 so long as you know in your mind that we're talking about 5,000 families and not 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. I would say that our God is a God of multiplication. Now back to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 verse 14. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. And gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Verse 17. So they all ate and were filled. And 12 baskets of the less over fragments were taken up by them. <clears throat> I would like to us to personalize this story. How will I have responded had I been there that day? I want you to do that today. Put yourself in this story. I want you to imagine you're one of the 12 disciples of Jesus on that day, witnessing Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, and many other things. And you have a high attendance weekend about the largest crowd you've ever had. In fact, most theologians believe that this is the largest crowd with whom Jesus ever spoke. All these people, 20,000 in number. That's outstanding. So you had a great worship, and let's say it's Sunday morning service, and you turn the mic over to Jesus to speak, and he gets up and starts speaking. And by 12 noon, he should be wrapping up, right? I mean, he ought to be wrapping up at that time, but he keeps going. Tick tock, tick tock. One o'clock is still going. The disciples are looking. Tick tock, tick tock. Two o'clock is still going with the message. I mean, if this, is what, this was during football season like we are now, you've already missed the first game. At 2 o'clock. <laughs> disciples again. Tick tock, tick tock. 3 o'clock. Jesus is still going. Yeah. Tick tock, tick tock. 4 o'clock, is still going. Tick tock, tick 5 o'clock, is still going. I know. The disciples are saying that too. Tick tock. <laughs> Take the, six o'clock. Is he going? Okay, listen. This is not an exaggeration of the passage. I want you to look again. Luke chapter nine verse twelve. Luke chapter nine verse twelve. It says, "When the day began to wear away," and I think you know that wear away means it's getting late into the evening. And now let's imagine that the 12 disciples gathered together and said, what are we going to do about this elongated service? And one of them started talking. This is a good series and all, but Jesus will not stop talking. I mean, we've not had a lunch break, a snack break, or coffee break, or anything break at all. And I tell you what, if I don't eat something any moment from now, I'm going to die. Right here, right now, if I don't get something to eat soon, I'm going to pass out. And I think one of them probably said, you know what, that's it. And I said, what's it? Let's tell Jesus the people are hungry. Because he seems to care a lot about the people. He doesn't seem to care about us. So now let's pretend that you are elected to be the spokesperson for the disciples. And I want you to see this in your mind, all right? Jesus is up there speaking, teaching about 20,000 people. And you approach him while he's speaking. So you walk up to Jesus and say, Excuse me, Lord. And you started talking, boy, this teaching has been so good. This is really good stuff. This series of messages that you're bringing, all in one day, (laughs) super. In fact, I give it a five-star. But, you know, we were talking, and we feel that the people are getting hungry. And you know me, Lord, I could go all night. Just like I told the guys. This is a good series and I could go all night. No problem with me. But like I said, we feel like the people are getting hungry. And it's getting late. And the restaurants are just about to close, Lord. So we feel like it will be better if you just wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. And the Lord said, you are concerned about the people. Yes, it's all about the people, my Lord. And maybe you've never seen this before. I want you to pretend you're that disciple. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 13. Luke chapter 9, verse 13. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. Excuse me? (laughs) Yep. Yep. You and your little group over there, you're concerned about the people. You give them something to eat. Okay, it didn't go like you planned it. Now you have to report back to the group. And that's the hard part, because you're the spokesperson, Isn't it? Always reporting back to the group. So you went back over, and the all the 11 disciples said, did you tell him the people are hungry? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I used those words exactly. I said, the people are hungry. So is he going to dismiss the service? Nope. <laughs> well, then what did he say? I uh, don't know how to put it. He said for us to give them something to eat. Wait a minute, what did he say? (laughs) He said for us to give the people something to eat. What? Oh no, this is a disaster. And there's some little kid that just snuck back into town and he's walking back, he's walking by, and he's got a long John Silver sack. (laughs) And you know what? They just kind of grab the bag from the boy. And they open it up. And it's got a two-piece meal and extra (laughs) ropes. And you can imagine Peter, the first one, probably just grab the rose and begin to munch on it. Yum, 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 yum. And the other one said, stop it. Stop it, Peter. That's all we have. That's all we have, man. And one of them said, that's it. I said, what's it? Let's tell Jesus that's all we have, and he will dismiss the service. Now, I want you to think with me for just a moment. Think about this. If you've never read the story in the Bible, you had 20,000 people in attendance, and you have two-piece meal with Ezra Rose, and you said, this is all we have. Don't you think he will have dismissed the service? Doesn't that make sense? Yes or no? Yes, it makes sense. But listen to me. Tithing doesn't make sense. Doing things God's way doesn't make sense. But he works. So again, you're the spokesperson. You went back to Jesus and say, Lord, excuse me, just one more time. You know, a moment ago, we were talking about how good this series is. Remember, Lord, you said for us to get the people something to, and we've been working on that. But all we have, Lord, all we have, two fish and almost five rows. Peter ate some. (laughs) That's all we got. And we were thinking, we should just go with our original idea. You wrap it up and we dismiss the service. And the Lord said, okay, let me get this straight you have two pieces of fish and almost five row because I know how Peter is. That's all you have, right? Yes, Lord, that's all we have. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Excuse me, Lord. I don't think I was clear. We don't have a lot of those snack packs around. A boy was just walking by and Peter took it from me. I didn't take it from him. Yeah, that would be great. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Now, look at what happened after doing what Jesus asked them to do in Luke chapter 9, verse 16. Luke 9, verse 16. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. And I want you to think about what Jesus, what just happened here, because the, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. Some principles that once you bring it to me first, once you bring it to Jesus first, and I bless it, you watch what happens. Jesus wanted them to understand that his blessings is all that they needed to feed the people, not what they think they have in their hands. Some of you know how the story ended. Right after Jesus had given thanks and blessed the meal, the disciples began to give the meal away and fed all the 20,000 people. They ate some and have extra 12 baskets left over. In this story, I hope you notice that the miracles didn't happen in Master's hands, in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands when they begin to give the meal away. Once you gave the first 10% to Jesus, he blessed it, then they were able to give over and above. So, from these stories, here are the two principles of multiplication. One, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. And we've learned from this series over and over again, our finances are blessed, that when we bring the first 10% to the house of God, the local church where you regularly worship, even... Hebrews in the New Testament backed this up in chapter 7. You can read it later when you get a chance. So there are so many people who give a little here and a little there but they don't bring the first 10% to the house of God. Doing it that way, your way and not God's way doesn't have the blessing of Jesus on it with no potential to multiply. You have to understand that if it's not led by Jesus it lasts the capacity to be multiplied, because only Jesus can bless them. Think about this for a moment. What if the disciples had given away the two fish and five rows before Jesus blessed them? What if they had started giving the rows away and the fish before Jesus had blessed them? Would he ever had multiplied? No. So it's the same way when you give a little here and a little there, but don't bring the first 10% to the house of God. It doesn't have the blessing of Jesus on it. So when you understand that tithing is bringing the first 10% to the house of God, an offering is the amount given over and above the tithe, and you trust God's leading in your giving, I'd like to remind you that you will never be disappointed because Jesus has blessed your finances. Listen to what the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, Verse 7 to 8, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes. But his his leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. You see, the reason many do not give as God commanded is because of fear, fear of insufficiency. They focus on what they have and do not have, their current circumstances, and all they can see is limitations or insufficiency ahead of them. So instead of focusing on Jesus Christ as their ultimate provider who can meet their need no matter what, and do things in God's way. You see, when we ignore the mandate to bring or return the first 10% to the house of God, the Bible says we're stealing from God and robbing his house of his resources because he belongs to God in the first place. Well, you may say, how is that possible? Here, let's read this passage. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. He said, will a man rob God Yet, you have robbed me. Well, you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. In a more practical terms, a very good friend of mine explained it this way to one of our friends that didn't truly understand our principle. He said, will you go to your favorite restaurant where you enjoy the food and their services each week or whenever you're hungry and leave the restaurant Without giving them exactly what they ask of you. Listen to me. It's not about how you arrange things. It's about you trusting the Lord in all of your ways, including our finances. The Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 through 6. It says in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In how many ways? All of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I remember this one time in my old church, uh, Grace Point, there was a post-service movement campaign to help a family with an urgent medical expense. And all I had on me that day after the tide was just the money to buy my monthly bus pass. Because I used to walk in downtown, and I take park and ride in Green Tree, so close, about 10 minutes from park and ride. So, And it's a lot cheaper to do it that way when you do park and ride, especially when you're close to downtown Pittsburgh. The Spirit of the Lord told me to give what I have towards that family need, and I did. The next day, as I got off the bus in downtown Pittsburgh, walking towards my office building, I got to my usual intersection waiting to cross to the other street. There was a bus pass on the floor and when I looked to the left, to the right to see if it belongs to someone or it just fell off so I can return it, there was nobody to ask. This was usually an intersection where there would be some people that I usually say hi to. For some reason, that money was just me. Then I decided to check the date and value on the bus pass. Lo and behold, it was exactly the bus pass that I would have purchased. You would never convince me that was a coincidence. Because this is God saying, it: do it my way and watch me move in your finances. So it has to be blessed before it can multiply. Here's principle number two. It has to be given away before it can multiply. So the first principle refers to tithing, bringing the first 10% to the house of God, and Jesus blesses it. But once it's been blessed, then we can give over and above the tithe. And by that, I mean we can give extra offerings, we can give to missions, organizations, or kingdom advancers, uh, just to make sure that we're further the work of God on earth. The point is, it has to be blessed before it's given away. Think about this for a moment. What if the disciples had eaten it right after Jesus blessed it? It never will have multiplied. The two fish, the five rows. what if Jesus blessed it, handed it to the disciples, and the disciples just decided to eat it all? It never will have multiplied to feed the 20,000 people and 12 baskets full of leftovers. So translate it. There are some people who will tithe, but they don't give anything over and above their tithe. Well, you may say I have some questions about that. How will I know when to give over and above my tithe? How will I know where to give? How will I know how much to give? The simple answer to this questions is, God will tell you when the time comes. As emphasized by Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. I'm in John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, my sheep, my people, hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, so when we hear that. Okay, let me share how some of this worked out in my own life and that of my wife. Back in 2009, again at my old church, there was a campaign for renovation that needed to be done, and the Lord told me to give a certain amount towards that above my tithe. And at that time, I was already filing the paperwork for my wife and two kids to come over from Nigeria to the States. In my mind, I was thinking if I give that amount, there's no way I could cover the airline expenses for them to come over. Guess what? I did all the analysis, did all the math, but finally I yielded toward the spirit of the Lord told me and gave that amount. The following week, there was an altar call for prayer at the church, Grace Point, and they said, come forward if you need prayer for anything. So I went over and I told them that I need some financial blessing to get airline tickets for my wife and kids two kids coming from Nigeria, because they've been given residential phases. In the middle of that week, I called my wife in Nigeria, and she said, my brother-in-law has given her a huge amount of money to cover the airline expenses so they can come over to the United States. Listen, that amount was more than double what I gave towards the renovation of the church. Amazing. Amazing. And unbelievable is all I could say. That as we are obedient to what God has asked us to do, he will never let us down. And I said amazing because my wife is not that kind of a person that will ever go to this my brother-in-law to ask for any favor. The father that she went in the first place is a miracle. And then following the huge amount that came on top of that. What can I say? God's principle of multiplication will always amaze you. Also, we joined West Ridge in June 2014. And we became kingdom advancers. You're wondering kingdom advancers. Kingdom advancers are just people that give offering to further the work of God on earth. So we pledged a financial offering that year when a financial campaign was going on. And towards the end of that year, I received a check that doubles the amount that we pledged to that kingdom advances from a Walmart-class settlement that I never even thought about. Because I had left Walmart in 2006. This is 2014 we're talking about. Eight years after I left. I didn't even know how they got my information. I thought I thought it was a fake check, but it was a good check. <laughs> With this financial blessing, my wife and I decided, we're very grateful and we decided to bless my three nephews in Nigeria. So we called them up and gave them a large portion of that money. And they were surprised. Recently though, July in July this year, I went to speak at a French church. And I had no intention of getting any reward for doing so. As a matter of fact, I took a vacation day from West Street because it was a Sunday, which is a working day for me. Going there, the Spirit of the Lord told me to bless them with an offering that day. I wrote out a on the check before leaving home and dropped it in their offering basket during the service. At the end of the service, the pastor called me and said, we have an envelope for you. And don't, please don't open it here. And I told told him, no, 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 I tried persuading him because I already made up my mind from the get-go not to take anything from the church. He said to me, please don't take away our blessings because if you reject this, we're going to be missing out on God's blessings for us. When I got home, opened the envelope, it was exactly the same amount that I gave as an offering. (laughs) God is good. Now, that's not all. Listen to this. The following month in August, following July, our underpilot vehicle developed an engine problem because one of the cylinders misfired, and it was taking in too much oil. After the diagnosis, they have to take down the engine and replace all the cylinders, uh, all the, uh, or actually replace all the piston rings in the, all, the, all the cylinders and some other parts. So they said it's going to take about 22 hours of labor and will cost us $4,000. And it was already out of warranty coverage. First thing, my family and I prayed for favor when this happened. And as I began to talk to friends, God began to move. One of them said, even though the vehicle is nine years old, but the mileage is nowhere near where that under engine has to be worked on. So call the service department and have them talk to American under and if they agree to do 50% of the repair cost, I will do it there because they will use under genuine parts. Then the pastor of the church that I went to speak back in July heard my story from another friend of ours and sent us a $500 money order check towards the repair cost with a note attached to the money order that says under pilot must be back on the road soon. Long story short, he took two weeks with American under, going back and forth because they're trying to fight that once a vehicle is out of coverage, there's nothing we can do for you. And finally, just like my friend has prophesied, they agreed to pay 50% of the repair costs. Big lesson, someone call you up, Speak life into what they're asking. They talk about problem. He spoke life into my life. He prophesies 50%. After two weeks, it came into life. And I call him by We were just dancing for joy. Praise God. <laughs> Get this. Because American Under will now be paying 50% of the repair cost, the dealership discounted the, co- they discounted the cost of the parts needed to do the repair. Now our final bill came to $700. 700 from 4000 to $700. And the dealership said, because of your patience and loyalty, we're giving you extra $100 discounts towards the bill. In addition to that, five free filter, oil and filter change. What's $200? So let's put it all together. $500 check, $100 cash discount, and two hundred dollars worth of filter and change, eight hundred dollars. Our final bill was just seven hundred dollar, hundred dollar extra. Ha! Uh, that is not even counting the discount of fifty percent from American Honda. My family and I were blown away by how God worked out everything concerning the repair of our underpilot engine. What a great God we serve! The key is you just have to trust God and obey God and by the grace of God as you tithe and give over and above as your offerings, all you have to do is sit back and watch God move on your behalf. And when it's all said and done, be sensitive and grateful enough to give him all the glory and be able to see the fingerprints of God in all areas of your life. So as I close, I know that what you have heard this morning probably has triggered some process of transformation in your life. However, it's not what you hear that counts, but it's what you do with what you hear that counts. And I want you to know that you cannot do this without the life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ foiling your journey. So as we sing the last song, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would like you to come out. Or oh, you like to renew your commitment to Christ. I strongly encourage you to come out during the last song. Remember, this is about you and Jesus Christ. It's not about anything else. And we are your spiritual family to walk alongside you in this journey. New life or a new life in Christ. Decide to give God control in your life. In everyday living that you do. Because as you come forward, God is right there by your side to strengthen you. Like he said in Joshua 1.9, the Bible says, If I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My question is, do you believe this and act like it? Altar team, if you're here, please come forward for prayer. Altar team. Understand that it's not just enough to know about God and his word. The real value in knowing Jesus is to experience Him in your personal life, in your own personal life. And please do not let anything defraud you from making God real in your personal life. Because this is how you can begin to truly experience God in your life. Saying that, Lord, I give you my heart. Jesus, here I am. Have your way in me. I am yours. You are my Lord and Savior. And I want to do things your way, not my way. So help me, God. Your need, please come forward for prayer during the last song.